<laughs> Here's a great question. If you are really fit, the fittest you could possibly be, and if you're really strong, as strong as you could possibly be, and you're capable as a bloke even of getting stronger, and as a woman you've replaced any muscle tissue that you have lost because of any kind of aging or dieting. So question again, really fit and really strong, what could you do? If, you're the, if your human body, every system in your body was as fit as it could possibly be, and all your muscles and bones, joints, tendons, ligaments, everything was as strong as it could possibly be, could you go rock climbing? Could you go downhill mountain bike riding? Could you go snow skiing, water skiing? Could you do CrossFit? Could you play rugby league? Could you box? Could you do martial arts? Could you dance? Could you do any sport? Would you be tougher and fitter and stronger for life, for your business, as a parent, as a teacher, as a coach, as a business person, as a lawyer, as a doctor, if you're really fit and if you're really strong? Ha ha. So, if the answer is yes, if you believe that getting your body really fit and strong could add value to every part of your life, and it means that you could then go and do all the things that you want to do, uh, how do we get really fit and strong? And could that be the ultimate terminology of functional training? Because I'm sure you've heard a lot, it's a very trendy term, functional training. We have functional gyms and functional classes and functional pieces of exercise equipment and functional uh, studios. And there's a whole heap of areas that people go, yes, this is very functional for what? <laughs> and that's always my question. Because if I do uh, training, if I train my human body to do movements that are going to hurt my joint, break my joints, bust my joints, put shearing forces, grinding forces, rotational forces through my joint, is it possible that I could get injured? And if I'm injured, how could I play my sport, ride my mountain bike, go snow skiing, uh, do rock climbing, dance, all the things that I want to do if I've got a broken body? So could the number one most important thing, of course, as we know, as an exercise professional, as a coach, as anybody who's prescribing exercise, is I will never hurt my client. So could the first thing to consider be, is this safe? Now, the, the reverse of that, the argument about that, the controversial disputes and the robust conversations about functional training, uh, the response is usually, well, if my sport is designed to, for me to do this movement, in my, when I'm in the gym, when I'm exercising, when I'm getting fit and strong, I should train my body to do that movement. I should get fit and strong doing that movement. But I would like to just ask you to please consider, if I'm doing a sport, if I'm doing an activity, if I'm doing a hobby, if I'm doing anything in my life that promotes injury, and that isn't of course. If I'm a downhill mountain bike rider, there's a chance I'm going to get injured. If I'm a rugby league player, there's a chance I'm going to get injured by my sport. If I'm a boxer or a martial artist, there's a chance I'm going to get injured by my sport sport. If I work in a factory or a, on a construction site or if I sit down all day at my desk, there's a chance I'm going to get injured by what I'm doing in life. Now, I'll use that as an example. Sitting, I could say that's functional because a lot of people sit, but this is probably the worst position for the human body. Laid out flat, pretty good. That's what we do when we're sleeping. In the upright position, very functional. That's how the human body works. It doesn't function well in the seated position. So the question is, because people sit all day, 
Should I train them? Should I exercise them in the seated position? Or should I get every single muscle and bone, ligament, tendon, and joint in their body so incredibly strong so that even if they do have to sit all day, they've got strong muscles and bones, ligaments and tendons and joints that can support them doing that. Or even better, could we get them off their backside and give them a standing desk or a tread desk? If my sport is going to injure me, if I'm a swimmer, a kayaker, a rower, a tennis player, anything where I'm going to be putting overuse injury through my shoulders with my sport, if I'm training somebody in the gym, if I'm exercising somebody to get fit and strong, could it be a really good idea to exercise the human body in a perfectly safe, strong, functional position, functional for the human body, not functional for the sport? Because is it possible that sitting is dysfunctional? Is it possible that doing this over and over and over and over and over through my shoulder joint is dysfunctional? Could it be that if I ride my bike and I do this, this, round, 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 thousands of times, that could be dysfunctional. <laughs> so if I train my body, which how it functions, which is in the upright position, and I get every muscle, bone, ligament, tendon, joint, every system in my body really strong, is it possible then that I could go and do all of those things and be less likely to get injured? I'd be putting less risk into my body because my body could be able to withstand the, 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 the stress, the pressure, whatever my sport's going to do to me. So here's the question. If I need to have a really fit body and a really strong body, how do I get every system in my body really fit and how do I get every muscle and bone, ligament, tendon and joint really strong? Not strong to go and get busted in the sport, because here's the question. If I train in a way that's going to hurt my joints in the gym, and then I go and do a sport that can hurt my joints, aren't I putting myself at double risk? If I train in the gym, if I exercise the body to get really, really strong, then it gets bombarded with the stress from my sport or my lifestyle or my activity, then I can handle it because I've bulletproofed, I've weaponized, I've made my body a injury fighting machine. Now that's probably going to be my quote now because <laughs> injury is the thing that stops most athletes, yeah? One of the real big challenges when you rock up to play your sport or you rock up to do your competition is what if I'm carrying an injury? What if I have to, I've got a sore shoulder, I've got a sore knee, I've got a tight hamstring, I've got sore hips, I've got sore elbows, doesn't matter what it is. Is it possible that any form of injury is one of the big mental setbacks, the mental challenges, the mental uh, brick walls that people have to try and overcome to do their sport? And if you've ever competed with an injury versus competed at the start line, at the start of the competition, at the start of the game, knowing that your body is in peak physical condition, you carry no injuries, what happens to your mental headspace? I can go as hard as I possibly can because I've got no injuries. I've got a, a injury-proofed body. I've got strong muscles, strong bones, strong ligaments, strong tendons. I'm ready to go. Versus I'm at the start line, I'm at the start of the game, I'm at the start of the competition, and I know that I've got a tight hamstring, I've got a pinged knee, I've got a sore elbow, I've got sore feet, I've got all these things going on in my body. It could be one, five, ten things. And elite athletes will compete with all of them. But wouldn't it be nice if you're a coach, if you're an exercise professional, to put your athlete, to put your human up for their life, up for their competition, up for their activity, injury-free, injury-proofed, 
and super strong. So that's my question. If I put somebody in the gym, if I give somebody exercises to do to make them strong, but those exercises have a higher risk of injuring their neck, their shoulder, their elbow, their fingers, their lower back, their hips, their knees, their feet, all the places where we've got joints, uh, why would I do that? My role as an exercise professional is to never injure or hurt my client or my athlete. Is that, and I really hope that that's your driving force. Because is it possible? And let's let's take away even the sport and the athlete. If I've got somebody that wants to lose weight, if I've got somebody that wants to have energy to play with their kids, if I've got somebody that wants to have a body that can fight germs, bugs, viruses and diseases, if I've got somebody who's depressed and they want to exercise to get rid of their depression, those things are really important. And if they can't exercise because they're injured, I can't help them with any of those things. Now, I'm a bit of an optimist. In fact, I'm the ultimate optimist. So I'll say, well, there's always a way. It doesn't matter what's going on. We can always find a way for you to exercise, even if you are injured. But it's horrible. I don't want to injure my client. I don't want to injure my athletes. I don't want to injure myself. I hope you don't want to be injured. So why would we do exercises in the gym that, are, that have the possibility of injuring us? So my big question is this. When you talk about functional training, could the number one criteria, driving force, rule, uh, ten commandment, <laughs> the number one commandment for exercise is that I will not injure my client, I will not hurt my client, not now, not this workout, and not any other workout. So I have to take as much risk out of the exercise as possible. So yes, I could drop a weight on my toe. Yes, I could trip over the mat in the gym. Yes, I could trip over a dumbbell. Yes, I could fall off the bench. They're all accidents. But if I give somebody an exercise that puts their body into a position that puts them into a higher risk of injury, I would feel irresponsible. How about you? So the biggest one there, of course, is please analyze every exercise that you have ever prescribed that you are currently giving people or that you, are, that you do yourself if you don't want to be injured and ask the question, what's happening at each joint? So what's, what joint is being exercised? Which joint is moving? And is there any chance whatsoever that this exercise could put shearing forces across the joint? Now, compression forces and traction forces are functional movements for the human body. If I'm in the upright position and I've got uh, gravity pushing through my spine or I'm pulling through my spine, I'm pulling through any of my joints, I've got compression or traction forces. Very functional for how the human body functions. Now, I understand that there are lots of sports that put twists and uh, uh, rotation and, and uh, shearing forces across joints. So if you're a netballer, if you're a rugby league player, rugby union player, any sport for that matter, anything to do with moving your shoulders at any kind of repetition, anything that moves your hips or your knees at any kind of repetition, any sport where you have to bend your elbow, bend your knees with rotation, any of those are high-risk joint injury sports. And if you have a look at netballers, they often have sore knees and sore backs. If you look at cricketers, they often have sore backs and sore shoulders. If you look at rugby union players, rugby league players, they often have all broken joints. Uh, their sport is dangerous. <laughs> so what do I want to do? I want to put my athlete at the start of the game, the start of the competition, the start of the, the start line, fully injury-proofed. So I don't want to give them any exercises that are going to put shearing forces or rotation forces across their joints because if their sport's already doing that, they've got double risk now, double chance of injury. So all the exercises that I do are designed, all the exercises that you do, I'm sure, must and should be designed to make the joint strong, 
the muscle strong, the muscle pulls on the bones and the bone strong. And obviously if you're in a high risk sport, we want to have as strong bones as possible because there are some sports where broken bones are quite relevant uh, and prevalent. And we don't want that. How, how can we make the bone stronger? Strong muscles pull on bones, which makes the bone stronger. And the really cool thing about that is a strong bone, the immune system is built inside the bone. So the, apart from the fact that athletes get injured, what if they get sick? Then they can't compete either. So if you uh, pull muscles on bones, bones uh, get really strong, immune system gets really strong, and now my chances of picking up germs, bugs, viruses, and diseases are either zero or very low, and if I do pick them up, I'll fight them off really quickly, so I'll be sick for a very short period of time, and I'm very likely to, to not get sick from that again because I'll build up an immune system to that particular germ, bug, or virus. Yes! So, what do I need to do? The human body functions how? Not how does my athlete function in their sport, because their sport could be risky. How do I function? Now, ridiculous to put people on the floor because the human body doesn't function on the floor. We sleep lying down. That's all we do lying down. We don't do any other activity except, well, <coughs> uh, the human body is designed to move in the upright position. Sporting activities are in the upright position. Now, there are some sporting activities that are in the seated position. I get that, but let's use that same analogy. If I've got somebody sitting at a desk all day, all day, all day, all day, their risk of having bones waste away, muscles waste away, lower back injuries, poke necks, uh, scoliosis, lordosis, all the horrible things that happen with the spine from sitting in a ridiculous position. I don't want that to happen to anybody. So with our sports that put people into seated positions, so if I'm in a rower or a kayaker and I have to sit down, what do I need to do to make the body as strong as possible so that if I am sitting down on my sport, I've got really strong everything and not one muscle strong compared to the other one. And that's one of the challenges with sports, of course, because we get overuse injuries because we have one muscle group working harder than another muscle group. So that's how do I make sure that every single muscle is really strong so that when I put my body into that uh, dysfunctional position with dysfunctional movements, with um, uh, movements that use one muscle more than the other, my entire body is so strong that it can actually handle that. So that, of course, puts me in the upright position to train. It takes away all of the exercises that put shearing forces across joints. So I'm going to be I'm going to avoid and or not ever do exercises that put weights at the end of a long lever. So of course, if I put a weight up here, I've now got excessive force through my shoulder. Uh, and the shoulder cavity, uh, this is probably the one most prone to injury because it's a really sharp, shallow cavity, but it holds in a really big use movement machine. So we do a lot of stuff with our arms and a lot of people put a lot of weight at the end of that arm. Now, if I have it down here, I have a traction force through the shoulder and I have a compression force through the shoulder. But if I put the weight out here, which is, of course, and I use the example from Workplace Health and Safety, and I use my trusty dumbbell here. If I'm in a, in a factory, I'm never, ever, ever going to ask somebody to take this weight and throw it above their head or hold the weight out here. It's never going to happen. I'm not going to hold it out there now because I don't want to injure my shoulder. Uh, it's the, the, the lever's too long, the weight's in the wrong place, and it's dysfunctional. If I want to lift something to make sure that I strengthen every single muscle, tendon, tendon, tendon ligament and joint in my body, I'm going to keep the weight close to my body as possible, take it down to the floor, and lift it back up again which of course puts traction forces and compression forces through my spine, through my arms, through my legs. 
So I'm asking very personally from my heart to yours, could we please have a look at the movements in the human body that don't put uh, shearing forces or rotational forces or uh, excessive forces through each joint, which means low repetition so we don't get overuse injuries, which means heavy weight so we get stronger, weight close to the body so we don't have excessive strain at the end of a long lever. And then of course movements the human body does. So we have to sit down, yes. We have to pick things up off the floor, yes. We have to push things and we have to pull things. One of the arguments that uh, we often have about functional movements is anything above your head. Now this is a functional movement, yes. If I have to put something up in a cupboard, if I have to put something away into a cupboard, if I have to reach up. But the challenge with this movement and function is I only ever do it once, maybe twice. If I was in a factory and I was taking stuff off the ground and putting it up onto a shelf, taking stuff off the ground and putting it on, onto a shelf, uh, the workplace health, health and safety officer would come around and I'd be swapped out of that position very quickly because that would be excessive overuse of putting something above my head. I'm putting shearing forces through my shoulder joint. Remember, there's that little infraspinatus that runs between the acromion process and the humerus, and that can get injured very, very quickly. I don't want my shoulder to get busted because I'm doing that too many times. So if you want to get strong through the shoulders, the arms, the chest, the back, we need to use big muscles, big exercises, sorry, to use all the muscles as we possibly can at the same time to have a central nervous system that fires, to have an endocrine system that fires that makes our body incredibly strong, human gr growth hormone, testosterone for the blokes. Women, we have very limited amounts, so it wouldn't be nice if we had more because we could get much stronger and much bigger and then we'd have much faster metabolisms like blokes do. But the big exercises promote big hormonal responses big central nervous system responses, big metabolic responses. So the bigger the exercise, the more energy I use. Little exercise, little result. Little exercise burns up a little amount of energy. So big exercises with big functional movements, not functional to a sport, not functional to a hobby, not functional to an activity, but functional to how the human body actually works. So interestingly, if you analyze this closely, and I'm not asking you to, uh, Rowie said this, just analyze this for yourself. If I push with my upper body, analyze the muscles that are being used. If I pull with my upper body, analyze the muscles that are being used. If I lower my body down to the ground and get back up again, analyze the muscles that are being used. If I can lift a weight that I can do more than say 10, 15, 20 times is far too many because I'm in the wrong energy system, it's obviously far too light. If I want to get stronger, I've got to overload. So if I overload my upper body as heavy as I possibly can in, with all the pushing movements, if I overload my body as heavy as I possibly can with pulling movements, and if I overload my body as heavy as I possibly can in lowering my body down to the ground and getting back up again, am I using every muscle in my body? Please analyse very carefully, so think about it. I'm going to keep going till I can't do any more. I'm going to keep going till I can't do any more. So I'm going to lower down, come up slowly, lower down, come up slowly. I'm going to keep going till I can't do any more. And this is the exercise I'm using on purpose because if you haven't got time, this is a really good one to consider. I'm obviously using my fingers, forearms, upper arms, biceps and triceps, shoulders, upper back, chest, abdominals, otherwise I'd fall forward, 
lower back, otherwise I'd fall backwards. Abdominals and lower back are working as hard as possible because not only are they holding me in the upright position, but they're also stopping me from falling forward and backwards and sideways. I'm using my butt, glute medius minimus maximus, quadriceps and hamstrings, tibialis anterior and quads. And if I keep going, my fingers will wear out the quickest. My face muscles will get tired. My toe muscles will get tired. Remember, it's the little ones that get tired first, which means why do I then need to go and exercise the little ones? They're the ones that have been used and worked the hardest. They're the ones that wear out first. If you think about a chain, I've got big links in the chain and little links. Which one's going to break first if it's overused or if it gets worn out? If I keep using my small muscle groups over and over, don't give them time to recover, they're the ones that break. This is what's so exciting about functional exercise. When I use big muscles, I also use little muscles. Everything works together in exactly the way it's meant to work. Every muscle, bone, ligament, tendon, joint gets stronger. So now that I have a strong, fit body, I can now go and do all the other things that are dysfunctional, that are risky, that could hurt my muscles and joints and ligaments and tendons, but I've got an injury-proof body, I've got a strong body. So how about we start asking questions? What does functional actually mean? How does a human body actually function? And what do I need to do to get my body as fit as possible and as strong as possible without injuring it? And if I have a really fit body and a really strong body, is it possible that I'm now injury-proofed and ready to go and do any other activity with much less risk of getting injured, getting hurt, and much less risk of having a headspace that says, I can't do this. Do you want your athletes, do you want your clients, do you want you to rock up to every activity, every sporting activity, every competition, every game, every workout, everything that you do in your life ready to go because your body has been injury proofed and it's as fit and strong as it can possibly be. Wouldn't that be awesome? Woohoo! Ha <laughs> ha! Yes!